Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Maggie Smith. In a career that's included work as a journalist, a psychologist, and the founder of a national art consulting company, Maggie Smith now adds novelist to her resume with the publication of her debut, Truth and Other Lies. In addition to her writing, Maggie hosts the weekly podcast, Hear Us Roar, where she interviews debut authors about their novel and their path to publication, and blogs monthly for the Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers. A board member of the Chicago Writers Association, she's managing editor of their Write City magazine and coordinator of Book Nook, which highlights Chicago-area independent bookstores. Let's dive into the pond and meet Maggie. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Maggie Smith. Maggie, thank you so much for being on the show. It's exciting to be here. I am so glad you're here, and I would love for you to start with, how did you get into writing? Well, I got into writing, um, first of all, journalistic writing. Back when I was in high school, I was editor of my high school newspaper, so I was always having to rewrite <laughs> things, and uh, and then I was writing some articles on my own, and I went to journalism school when I start, start, first started college, um, but writing a novel is creative writing, which is different than journalistic writing. So I really got into it through several years of different careers. I was a psychologist for a while. And for a good long while, I owned a business where I sold artwork. And I was looking for a creative outlet. I was more the, you know, I was the boss. I was, you know, supervising 20 people. And um, so I wanted something on my own that I could do. And I was pretty clear that it wasn't going to be singing. My husband is always telling me to be quiet when I start singing. Um, and uh, so I thought, well, you know, creative writing, let's try that. And so I went to a workshop, a retreat actually in north in the north woods of Wisconsin and uh, took a writing class for the week and kind of caught the bug. So I, I love that. So what was it like then? To your point, journalistic writing is a different type of writing. It's a bit more technical. So what was it like to make that shift or to even balance the two between technical writing in some spaces and the creative writing in another space? Oh, I thought it was very different. I think the the craft of creative writing, I learned more by reading novels than I did in my journalistic background. I mean, there are things about word choice and having a wide uh, vocabulary and knowing how sentences are structured and, and that kind of thing. And also, I write um, the type of book that is fairly straightforward. I'm not using a lot of descriptive uh, um, flowery language. Uh, I'm not going into a lot of esoteric magical realism things. So my book is fairly grounded in reality. So I guess there is some some uh, uh, carry over there. But I think I was I was uh, really kind of learning a new craft. And I've done that before. I've had different careers and and you just start at ground zero and know you're not 
good or you hope you will be better <laughs> next year i always say well uh you know i like that part in in on writing where stephen king says you know i can't make you a great writer but i can make you a better writer and that's what i think a lot of writers need to keep in mind as they continue with their career is am i writing better this year than i was last and that's my always my goal so so you said a few things there that i really appreciate one of which is to your point about, am I writing better than maybe the last piece or last year, but that's showing like an intrinsic motivation of mastery of really right. you wanting to, to continue to grow for yourself and getting the joy out of that, that autonomy, mastery and purpose type of thing going on. But, but what I also heard was that you learned a lot more, you developed your craft by reading. So did you pick certain genres or did you particularly I mean, you mentioned on writing, but were there <laughs> other pieces that you that you really would gravitate to to help you? And what did you glean from that? Um, I read fairly narrow, narrowly. I guess I would say I read in literary fiction, in women's fiction, and in psychological thrillers, <laughs> which <laughs> it helps with pacing, actually. Uh, so, uh, and then I did read craft books. So I have a whole shelf of craft books that I re read. Um, something as simple as, you know, what is dialogue and how do you write it? I think the first, the first time I ever was with a coach where I gave her something that I had written and we got on the phone, she said, well, the first thing I need to teach you is what is a scene? And I thought, oh, this sounds kind of like I'm in elementary school, but I think I was. I didn't know what a scene was. And and now I read, of course, much more uh, analytically. It's it's hard to turn off my writer brain when I'm reading something because I'm I'm kind of oh I see why they did that. That's picking up the pace, or I see why they uh, went back and told me a little backstory there and how they did that kind of seamlessly. So I'm always kind of analyzing what I'm writing, reading now. Um, but I began doing that. And, and I wish there was a star on the front of the book in the library or at the bookstore that said, you will really like this one. Because I pick up books always thinking I'm going to like them. And then 50, 60 pages in, I go, oh, I don't think I should read any more of this because it's not very well written. And I'm afraid that's going to by osmosis kind of creep into my writing and I'm going to think I can get away with that <laughs> and I don't want to. So when I find a good book, I can generally tell in the, I can't tell unfortunately from just reading about it online, but I can tell within 50, 75 pages. And then I'm just so excited that I found a great book and I want to tell everyone about it. So I do that too. When I found a book I'm really excited about, i tell others about it too. And I like what you said about the different genres because each genre does have to have something with pacing or show versus tell or all those there's different elements of it. But to your point, some genres need to leverage it a little differently or even more so than others just because of the nature of what you're writing. So like you, I enjoy psychological thrillers for that reason, this, the yeah. pacing, the the I really like seeing both a protagonist and an antagonist developed well, I like the fact that when they're both there, you really can feel more tension and conflict. So, yeah. And I kind of grew up um, probably in my teenage years reading more of that. I, I can remember reading all of Agatha Christie and 
not knowing she was dead. <laughs> so when I got to the end, it was like, there aren't any more. I was just going to read this the rest of my life. Uh, so I was very disappointed in that looking around for something else. And then I went to Sherlock Holmes and Rex Stout and all those. Uh, and, and that wasn't really even psychological thriller domestic suspense like we have now that there's so many books that you can read in that and and I like those and and that's kind of what I'm writing now for my second book so I I'm studying that a little bit more as well very cool so I love the fact that you've already you have a second book going but can we please talk a little bit about your first book truth (laughs) and other lies first off I love the name how'd you come up with it um I think I just did a one word brainstorming I just, I I studied titles and they seem like they were either one word, like tangerine or snap, um, or they were three or four words, or they were very long. Now now the very long things have started. Um, But in those days, it looked like three or four words was about what I wanted. And I was playing with words that seemed to be indicative of the story. So truth and lies and home and mother and mentor and various things. And um, so I I came up with this. And then, of course, I searched to see if there was any other books by this. And there had been one about five or six years ago, The Truth and Other Lies, written uh, by someone that was French. And it was more of a satire murder mystery. So I thought, well, that, you know, you can't copyright the titles. Um, But so I, I went with this. At one time, it was Boomerang, which is in the first sentence of my book. But that didn't really gel, and it was confusing. Is this a YA book? And, you know, so uh, I reverted to this. So, you know, as I've been listening to our, thinking about our conversation and listening to what you were saying, what I am hearing is a theme of revisiting different pieces editing different pieces, like the nuances of constructing this book. But what I would love for you to talk about a little bit more is the writing process. What was it like to go from, you know, so we have the technical writing, we're transitioning into the creative writing, learning different pieces through the reading, reading, reading craft books, reading other genres, working on your own skills, working with the coach, like you said. So what was it like to continue on this book's path and to get it to publication? Well, I originally wrote this book as a totally different book. It had the three characters. This this book has three main women characters. In fact, almost every character is a woman in this book. <laughs> like, where are the men in this book? There are a few, but, but definitely it's concentrated on three women. And one is as um, a 25-year-old reporter, her mother, and her mentor. And I always had those three roles, as if you will. But the first book that I wrote of this, or the first iteration of this book, I actually called Lost and Found. And it was a adoption story. So it had all three points of view. And it had the mother as the major um hub, I guess, of the wheel. And she found out when she was older, when her father dies, she finds out she's adopted. So she never knew this. She wasn't told this when she was growing up. And she goes looking for her birth mother, who turns out to be the mentor that her own daughter has gone to work for. Okay, well, a lot of development editors did what you're doing. 
that's a big coincidence. <laughs> and one finally just flat out said, that is too big a coincidence. We tell our writers, you get one and it can't be a really big one like yours. <laughs> so you're going to have to figure out something else. And so I had these three characters and I just threw them into a different plot. And the other piece of advice I got was, it's a lot to take on three point of view characters for your first book. Maybe just pick one. And I and this editor happened to say, I think it might be the, the young woman. She has the most growth arc and she can relate to the other two. And it really was uh, recently that I realized actually that the mother and the mentor in the book never really meet. They never have a conversation converse about each other to the 25-year-old, but they themselves don't meet in the book, which I would have guessed they would. But as I thought back to it, I thought, no, they really don't. Um, so I had these three characters and I was just putting them in a different plot. And when I realized that and said, okay, good, someone's told me what I need to do. <laughs> uh, that only took like six months to write. The other one I had been working on for a couple of years, but I was also learning how to write during that time. And um, so I was giving me myself my own education, going to lots of conferences, lots of retreats, reading lots of books, developing a writer community and, and having people read pages and critique it. So I was going, I was getting my MFA on my own during that time frame. And then when I got kind of more of a direction for this book, it really somewhat flowed. I, I wrote for about at least three or four hours every day and I just began changing things. It went through a lot of revisions in the process after I'd signed with a publisher, but um, those were more developmental edits. It wasn't a total change of the plot. So, okay, so to your point, you worked with editors and such beforehand and then you right. worked more again with uh, other editors uh, through your publisher but what was it like when you would go through one path and then you'd hear more feedback that basically was like let's reconstruct this a different way and so it might have meant rewriting the whole thing and it, it did then get, yes. and, then, and then you'd get another set of feedback and let's try this angle and let's rewrite it again and so what was that like because you know when it was frustrating it, was, <laughs> it felt like just tell me what I'm supposed to do <laughs> I can do it just tell me uh, and I I think I now realize that what you have to have is a very strong concept to begin with and I think I was just floundering I was just telling scenes and telling stories but they didn't have any real point and they didn't have any real arc and so I think in retrospect, and now I do, I am a plotter, but I also am a planner. I'm, I'm much more likely to, in the beginning, not start writing. And I know there's the pantsers that just sit down and start writing. That is not for me. Um, I am much more, you know, laying, laying on my couch with my eyes closed, trying to plan out how it's all going to work. Uh, not taking a nap, even though I'm accused of that sometimes, uh, because I want to have clear in my mind where I'm going with it. Not necessarily everything worked out, but some kind of path from the beginning to the end in my mind before I start writing. So what gave you the confidence to say, 
I'm okay taking this change. I might not like the fact I have to <laughs> do these changes, but I'm okay with it. And I'm going to try it because part of whenever you're working with an editor or a graphic designer for your book or whatever that piece is, because it takes a village to bring the book together, but you know, it is incumbent on the author to say, yes, I'm a, this represents what I'm trying to do, or I am in, in agreement and I feel like this is right, or no, this is truly opinion and I, I need to go in a different, I need to honor my voice inside. How did you delineate between your honoring, making sure you're honoring your voice but also taking in the feedback so that you would have an amazing story to tell. Well, that's therein lies the crux of, of working with an editor and working with, with critique partners is you just kind of know in your gut when they're right. Um, and I felt like I wasn't, I think now I would have a little bit stronger opinion of somebody telling me something and saying, no, no, this is the story I'm writing. But I was really open to critique because I felt like, I, I who am I to be saying? I've just started this, I'm, I'm learning. Um, so, and, and I was writing full time because I, I had had this company and somewhere in the, in the middle of all this, I sold that company. So I was able to write full time. So, I thought, let's try it. Uh, let's just work for a week and see how this feels. And then I wanted it to, I did more and more. It finally got through to me after I read the umpteenth person that said, there has to be an arc. There has to be a beginning and an end. They have to go somewhere in this. This is a journey, an emotional journey that somebody has to go on. I finally realized that, hmm, enough people have told me this, it must be really true. <laughs> and so I stopped being just this episodic writer and began trying to figure out, I'm, you know, where am I starting? What's the middle part? Where am I ending up? And I began also being interested in bringing in other things that I, that I hadn't anticipated in the beginning like the generational gap, like the social media aspect of it, like uh, the how do, how do people that view things differently from a social issue standpoint relate to each other. And, and also, of course, what was happening in the world during this time was COVID and families beginning to take sides against each other in some cases. And, and so I I was absorbing that out of the culture as well and thinking, oh, that's that's something that would fit here. So I was really open to um, this organic kind of changing of the novel. It seemed like it would make it more rich and more interesting uh, than what I had been writing, which was much more kind of a simple story of a mother and a daughter and a mentor. It seemed like bringing in some of those outside things would make it richer. I love that. I love that so much because to your point, it's it's doing that for you and it's doing that for your reader too. I think that that's wonderful. So you have this this manuscript written and now you're ready to go to the next part and get this book out into the world. Would you talk a bit about that process and, and how you got it to actually become a physical book in your hand? <laughs> the path to publication um, that you go on and then you take these detours. <laughs> um, well, like a lot of people, I dreamed of being with the big four and that meant 
being with an agent first. Um, and so I had been, I'm, I'm quite active in a, a writer community called uh, Women's Fiction Writers Association. And so I had gathered from them um, through through several years that I had been, you know, in that association, I had begun making an Excel spreadsheet of uh, agents that worked with people in women's fiction genre, and so I began querying those, and I and I, you know, did the writing a query and <laughs> having people critique the query and, and the synopsis and all that. So I I sent out over time, I think, to about maybe almost fifty agents, and I got some that never I never heard from uh, some that uh, asked me for more pages and then passed some that asked me for the full manuscript and then passed um, so I wasn't getting any traction from that and somewhere I had also begun gathering information on small presses and hybrid presses and so looked into that and that was where I eventually found the home as as I discussed with you before we went on air I opened up, I, I queried small presses and opened up an email one day that said, we would like to publish your book. And it was like, I was so used to opening up emails that said, I'm sorry, but this wasn't quite for us <laughs> that I had to read that a couple of times to realize, I think this is a yes. <laughs> Wait a minute, they want to publish my book? Um, so I went and signed with a small woman-owned press and began the process of, you know, I did the contract and all that. And they wanted to then do another developmental edit. And I thought, I've already done this with people I paid, but I did this for six or eight months. And I must say that editor was fabulous. And she really, particularly in the character of the mother, who I think I had written in very much of a caricature. Um, and because she was a character that wasn't, um, in this, she didn't feel the same in terms of value systems and social uh, social positions than I did. I was much more the Megan character, the 25 year old, in in my uh, viewpoint, and so I was kind of making her a little bit of a cardboard character. And I think she really pushed me to say, "What else is going on here? Why can you think of why she might be like this, and and how are you going to resolve this relationship because you're just ending it." with them still being at odds and that's no growth at all. Um, so I worked with her until we got it in really good shape. And sometimes it was something as simple as correcting facts or uh, challenging me on, would a 25 year old really say that? And I'm thinking, oh, maybe not. Um, so something. sometimes it's small details and sometimes it's much bigger issues. But we finally got that settled and I moved into the cover design phase only to find that I was talking with the cover designer and she said, well, I have some bad news. I'm going to quit the company and so is both the editors and the marketing director and the proofreader, basically the whole staff. It was maybe eight people. Oh, no. Seven of us are handing in our resignations this week. And I was like, excuse me? Oh my. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so that publisher wound up going bankrupt very, very quickly. I knew other authors that were in that stable, you know, from my 
writer community and many of them were like a week from publishing so they were in much better worse shape than i was uh, i just was like oh well okay i've got a edited manuscript ready to go um i don't have a cover design but a new publisher would want to do that anyway so i kind of gave myself about 24 hours to go boohoo boohoo and then said well okay i guess my path to publication just took a detour <laughs> and i got that old list out of the <laughs> small presses and began going back to ones i had not queried before and in the process so, uh, somebody in my own writing community in milwaukee said there is a publisher that has done children's books before this but she's segueing into adult fiction and she's been at it for a couple of years she's published a few books maybe you ought to talk to her because she's right by your house about 20 minutes away and i was like okay that she's local <laughs> what's that like and so i did submit it to 1016 press which is who i'm with and they welcomed me with open arms and said we'd love your book we'd like to publish it and um so it was all kind of ready to go they went through the editing phase with me but it was not as involved as it had been before and then we went into cover design and here it is it it i was due to publish with the old publisher in march 2021 i published in march 2022 so it was just a reboot for a year i had already contacted a publicist in chicago and an audiobook narrator and i just put them both on hold for a year and came back and and rebooted it you know what i hear in what you just shared is really it's resilience and it's being able to see something that might not be going the way you want, or it doesn't go at all the way you want. And instead of, to your point, you gave yourself space to go, okay, this is frustrating. I just need some time. I need a little bit of time to process and to just allow the feelings, whatever they're fe you're feeling, but then said, okay, getting back up, taking another step forward. So basically like falling forward. It's how I look at that. Like almost saying, thank you for the closed door. I might not have been happy about it, but thank you for the closed door. It's moving me where I'm supposed to go. Thanks again for that closed door, moving me where I'm supposed to go. And I love that because to me, that's courageous. And that shows that one, that you believed in your story, you believed in yourself, but you also were willing to keep going until it found the right home. And I think that is so really cool. So I think that came from the business background, maybe, yeah. you know, there were people that said, no, we're not going to buy your product from you. And I was like, okay, next, <laughs> you know, you can't just dwell on what's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, but I, so if you, if there are listeners out there who <laughs> might feel frustrated that things aren't going the way that they would like, and they're questioning that they should keep going, what would you say? Keep going. <laughs> um, don't beat your head against try, try something different I mean I think there are a lot of people that I talk to in women's fiction who I want to be with the big four I want to have an agent I'm just going to keep going until I get an agent and maybe they eventually get an agent but that might be number 150 on their list and it might not be an agent that they particularly are simpatico with or 
has enough clout to get them into a, a really good publisher. So is that better than a small press? I mean, there's a lot of things that are positive and negative about being with a small press, but I feel like it's a better fit for me at this point in my career anyway. I, I come out of a background where I was the boss. I, I ran this company. I got to say what happened and I would not have gotten that in, in a big publisher. Um, I got a lot to say about the cover. I got to work one-on-one -on -one with the cover designer and give my opinions about it and they were listened to. I wouldn't have got that with a big publisher. So I'm a happy camper. I, I There's other ways to do it. And some some people indie publish. They say, I'm older. I don't want to wait two years. I'm going to learn how to do KDP and put this up on Amazon next week. And that's a great, other alternative that didn't didn't exist 10 years ago for writers uh, and there's all kinds of places in between to do that there's hybrid publishing where you kind of put money up front to publish your book but you get much higher royalties so there are all kinds of ways that people can get their book out in the world I love that and by the way I love the cover of your book I love the colors I love the design I think it's gorgeous would you touch on this new book that you're working on? Well, the tagline is an ambitious district attorney is hunting for the stalker that is um, harassing her and her teenage daughter only to wind up arrested for murder when he turns up dead. Ooh, I am excited for that. That book. is the yeah. elevator pitch I guess I would say. Nice. I I'm about halfway that. through it and I I haven't I've read lots of uh, domestic suspense and thrillers uh, and mysteries. It's different to write one you have to figure out don't give too much away but give something away so the, re the reader feels like I should have figured that out. Uh, so it's tricky it's trickier but then that's a challenge so. But I love that. I love that you're tackling something different, but yet, because you just kind of sparkled when you said that. So I love that so much. <laughs> and I've also, I've also recently been challenged to write a sequel to this book um, because the ending is a little um, open-ended, I guess I'd say. I, I feel like I won't write about Megan uh, because I do feel like even though I don't write it all the way to the end, it's... I think kind of obvious what's going to happen. Uh, but I do think there might be room for the character that I found so hard to write, the mother, to take her, uh, to, she is going to Washington and to take her into that environment and uh, have her have an adventure where she's the main character and Megan is one of the secondary characters. So oh, we'll see I love that. how that works. Yeah, that I think that that is so cool. I love that there's so many more possibilities coming just from yeah. this one, just from stepping off and saying, I'm going to try this. That is so cool. Yeah, Maggie, this has been awesome. Where can people connect with you and where can they get the book? Well, they can get the book online on uh, online retailers like, of course, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, I think it's on Kobo and Books a Million and Apple and all kinds of places like that. Uh, they can get it from their local bookstore who can either order it or might be carrying it. And uh, if if their local bookstore isn't carrying it they and they want to buy it through uh, Bookshop Org or IndieBound, 
and then they can specify which local bookstore they'd like to receive credit for that. Uh, if you go to my website, which is maggiesmithwriter.com, my publisher's information is there and you can buy it directly from 1016 Press, so support a, a small press. Um, so those places. Awesome. And where can they connect with you? Well, I hang out mostly on Instagram. I I owned an art company, so I'm kind of interested in art. As you said, I, I kind of love covers and I uh, write about covers and I write about other uh, debut authors and, and women writers. Uh, and my handle there is Maggie Smith Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Awesome. Maggie, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.